This is Ruth, and I'm here with my friend Mike. Hello, this is Mike. And we're doing a podcast called Boomerang, hmm. because it's by boomers, which we are, and for boomers, which we are also. And um, we're just going to have a conversation, basically, about whatever comes up for us, um, culture, politics, anything like that, um, just any old thing that runs through our brains, and hopefully Mike will tell a story afterwards. Oh, yeah. So here we are, and here's Boomerang. Mm. How's, the, how's the donut? Oh, my God, no. It's a very good donut. <laughs> I'm eating a, a donut from the bakery on 3rd and... SK Donuts. SK Donuts. Best donuts in town. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. sponsors of this podcast, so... <laughs> Do visit them if you're, if you're in the Miracle Mile area. <laughs> That's right. Please do. <laughs> now, our story is that Mike and I have been friends since we were 16 years old. We went to Grand High School in the Valley. And um, we have been friends off and on since then. And mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm currently, well, we're 10 days apart as far as our birthdays. And we are both about to have our Medicare birthdays, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Mm. Mine's at the end of June, and yours is July 10th. Is yeah. that right? So yeah. look out, Medicare. Here we come. Yeah. Medicare for all. <laughs> I don't care about Medicare for all. I yeah, just it's want too Medicare late. for me. It's too late for me now. <laughs> Those young people can fend for themselves. I earned this. I earned this benefit. So, speaking of culture, I was going to ask you if you had seen a series called Russian Doll. I haven't. I've oh. I've breezed past it on Netflix or wherever it yeah, is. I've seen I've seen the little uh, frame that advertises it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's really good. I think yeah. you'd really like it. It takes place on the Lower East Side, and um, a, a portion of it is at Tompkins Square Park. Oh yeah, I and. I don't know. It has all these references to there was a riot at Tompkins Square Park at some point. Mm-hmm. Were you living in New York at the time? Probably. That's like the, probably the same era that Rent talks about, probably. Oh, oh, maybe so. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to veer off from that, but it reminds me that you've been encouraging me to watch um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh, yeah. For the longest time. And queer as I am, I have not really wanted to watch it, <laughs> but I managed to just kind of be, uh, just go into one episode a little bit, and I think I'm getting a handle on why you like it, and it's not, it's it's better and different than I thought it was. Like, it's not about what I thought it was. Oh no, it's about. The I thought it was about. Oh, look at these wacky homosexuals, you know, being wacky with these straight people. And yeah, yeah. How funny and it's fish out of huh. water and that sort of thing. Well, but kind I, of is that. Maybe, but it seems like the stories are more about people who are uh, suffering in some way, about in their lives in some way. They're stuck. And they make a them. connection with these guys. Yeah. And it's not about... Look how flamboyant I am compared to your redneck ways. Or oh something no, like that. no, they're very respectful, really. Yeah. Of everybody that they meet, who's it? What they call a hero. Right. Right. Which one do you remember? Who I haven't was in gone it? far enough in. I haven't gone far enough in, but I just did some browsing, so I'll have to watch this week and then. Did you did you um, like started at the first episode of the first season? Do you know? 
I think I started at the front of the first season of the new batch. Yeah, the new batch. Yeah. yeah. I w- had this crazy thought that I was going to nominate you to be a hero. <gasps> oh, God. If they could fix me, I would sign up. But I, I'm, I'm beyond hope. That's part of my shtick. <laughs> no, no, no. But what's, what's so great about it is there's, they each kind of take a different part of the people's lives. Mm-hmm. So there's one, uh, Bobby, who does the interior, mm. or also the exterior, but mostly the interior mm-hmm. of their homes because mm-hmm. a lot of them are really in living in dire straits. I mean, yeah. they're hoarders or they're just, they're right. just discombobulated. Right. And then um, one of them uh, really focuses on the internal life of the person. And that's kind of the most amazing part because... Um, it's transformational generally mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the for the person that's being guided, mm-hmm. and that's Karomo. He's he's black. He's a tall black guy. Okay. And um, then there's Jonathan Van Ness who does hair, and he's very special. <laughs> he's just very special. I don't know how to describe him. He is the most gender fluid looking person I can think of on television. I mean, not like in a RuPaul way, but mm-hmm. I mean, he has long hair and this season. Oh yeah. Instead of last I think season, I've seen he was him. sort of, yeah, he's, ve- and he's very much, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a lot, but yeah. he's also very tender yeah. with the people that he's yeah. dealing with. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, kind of brings out what they want the way they want to see themselves mm-hmm. it's it's so interesting the process with him cuz i think a lot of the straight men especially are really put off by him but then he reveals himself and it's i don't know it's i'm leaving out mm. um um oh that's so <clears throat> annoying oh anthony anthony he's okay. the he's the sexiest one okay. he deals with the food life which is oh, okay. very, i mean it's it's fun it's not like where i unless there's a food element in the lives of the people who are being transformed. But the great thing is that, um, like, especially with the straight men, mm-hmm. you see them kind of overcome their anxiety about being with these five gay men. Yeah. And it's just such an amazing process. So I, I love it. I always feel like I would love to have those guys come in and just sweep me away and <laughs> change my life. Yeah. Well... That yeah, but that's TV too. I mean, because mm-hmm. break, true. I I don't believe in I don't think anymore in breakthroughs and transformation instant transformations. But you can have kind of an epiphany, I guess. Or you can have yeah. your you can have your your sense of what you thought was possible maybe expand right. expanded. But also, you can have your self image adjusted. Like yeah. what's really beautiful is when someone is really stuck in their lives and they're um, they're just stuck. They're not moving forward. Right, right. And there was this one woman, um, this beautiful young black woman who considered herself, I think she said she was like a, a, a lumberjack lesbian, mm. but she wasn't. She yeah. was this very petite, very she beautiful woman. Yeah. yeah, and they kind of got in and sort of... Um, um, Jonathan played with her hair and they right. played with their clothes and right. she turned out to be this very sexy, very um, 
uh, you know, living in her skin woman, but right. she had gone through a lot of trauma in her life. And right. so that made her feel that she, what we were talking about before, that she had to depend only on herself. She couldn't ask for help. Right. And um, in fact, if you were going to pick out an episode, that would probably be a great one. Too. Oh, yeah. It's cool, too. So it's called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, but it's not limited to it's, straight guys. I think guys. it's only called Queer Eye now. Oh, okay. I don't think it's called for the straight guy anymore. Okay. Okay. That's a great show. I don't know. It's just one of those really feel-good things where um, I think it actually does take them a week. I don't think they get, like... At first, I thought, right. oh, they must. Take, this must be a month's process. Oh, this yeah. can't be a week. Right. But I think it, they actually do Somehow. what they do in a week. Well, maybe they have pre-show people go out and kind of... Oh, maybe. Maybe. You know, work with them a little bit. So can I nominate you? Yeah, but I just <laughs> as long as they don't make me look in a mirror, because that's the hardest part. But, I, I, but, so, I'll, but uh, that's, what, that's part, of the, part of the work that they do. Yeah. Is um, a, a lot of the men are just blocked. Yeah. I mean, they're, they have beards, they're, they never deal with their hair, they're right. just completely blocked as far as even looking at themselves as someone who might be attractive. Right, right. Um, and right. some of them have gone through divorce, one was a widower, um, and they really manage to maneuver through that stuff and get to the, you know, get to the heart of the problem. It's just, it's just I, I think it's such a wonderful, heartwarming show. Yeah, and yeah. It's... Features five gay guys. I'm going to give it a, a chance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't do it for me. No, Don't but it's like it I have West Hollywood syndrome. It's like I, I think of, I, I'm going to go uh, associate with... More th- gay I, people? I, yeah. I think I'm a little bit, maybe I hate to say it, I think I'm a little bit threatened by people who seem so comfortable with their oh gayness. It's not. I don't struggle with that. I'm pretty good about myself about that. But I don't know. I don't feel like I'm comfortable enough compared to like people on, like those guys on that show. But you know, is they, it... they seem to revel in it, and I think I've still got some baggage. Well, I think they've all come through it in because they've all sort of faced their mm-hmm. um, uh, own demons about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of them was kicked out uh, of his home at the age of 15 when he confessed to his very evangelical parents that right. he was gay right. and he lived on his own yeah. from then on. Yeah. So they've, they've all had to come around in one way right. or another. Right. This right. is my way of saying, I know you think you're special, but you're not <laughs> special. <laughs> Everyone has to deal with this stuff. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, uh, but mm. I, I, I will say if, if you're, if you're, Sort of in the Netflix mm-hmm. mode. Yeah. Um, Russian Doll is really a great. Okay. So too. So now Russian Doll is, is like a drama or a crime. It's thing a crazy. No, it's it's like six episodes or eight episodes. It. Let's see. It's about a woman. I think the reason you would like it is because it's about a woman, who is thirty six. She's having her thirty sixth birthday, and she gets killed. But instead of going to another place, she finds herself back in her bathroom, back in the bathroom of her friend, staring at herself in the mirror. She goes out, she can't really figure out what's happened, and she tries to avoid the scenario where she got killed the last time, but she gets killed in another way. So she keeps dying over and over again, and, it's, and she has to learn 
how to connect with people because she won't connect with anyone. And that's her, it's, it's just, it Whoa. really is uh, so well done. Huh. And Natasha Leone, who you don't know because you don't like Orange is the New Black because oh, it has toilet humor. Yeah, too many credit scenes. <laughs> oh. But, but she's, she's great on that show and she's really wonderful in this and she was one of the creators. Is she so. the lead in um, Orange? No, oh. she's, she's the, the head lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I recommend lesbian. that one. And yeah. I've, I've burned through absolutely everything on Netflix so I, I have no, no more shows to watch unless you have something you could recommend. I watched one, uh, eight, maybe six or eight episodes of a, another... Um, Scandinavian, dark a procedural, dark, uh, yeah, dark psychological <laughs> crime drama. Thing, yeah. It was called um, Quicksand, oh. and uh, it's not as much of a crime mystery. It's more of a psychological study of uh, of a uh, an incident in a school of gun gun violence, oh. um, and the trial that comes up around that from the one of the students who is accused of having participated in it and, and been a murderer. Um, and it's not as satisfying in terms of like going deep into weird psychological nooks and crannies, but the acting is incredible. Really? The acting, every single actor in it is just incredibly believable and huh. understated but real. You know, every single one. I, I don't know what, what they teach them in take? Sweden. It's in Sweden. Sweden. Oh, okay. And, um, and it is. It did hold my interest because you, you really don't know what really happened, and the, in the school. Yeah, you. It happened behind a closed door of a classroom. Oh. So the shots were heard, and then they open and they see who's been killed, but they don't really know if this person. Uh, was the perpetrator? Actually pulled the trigger on any of these people, or if she did, have which ones, oh, and all of she, that. It's yeah, a it's a woman, wow. young woman, and she, uh, and it goes into this. Very weird, awful, dysfunctional relationship she had with a real cute guy who was crazy, and but very attractive uh, and, and very uh, charismatic, dynamic, uh -huh. yeah, charismatic, and uh, so they go into the dysfunction of that relationship and how this, you know, it's one of those things of how could this, how could a nice girl like me end up in a place like this? Because right, right. she ends up in jail while this trial is happening. Um, so yeah, it's not as quirky, and you don't see as much weird, twisted crime stuff as on, on some of those shows. Um, but it's a good—it's a good examination of what kids go through in some of these schools where these violent episodes happen, and what's driving some some of it anyway, at least in this one. And it's a very affluent community. Oh, really? she, yeah, yeah, it's all. You know, she's not. She's not. Most likely so to end up in a game or anything Sweden. like that. I mean, in Sweden of all places. I was but they did. Was it Norway, Norway or Sweden that Norway. had that terrible event? That horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible. Yeah. Sixty-seven, right. I think people were killed. Right. Young people. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's why uh, Sweden seems so serene, and I guess. Yeah. However, if we believe Ingmar Bergman, there's something dark underneath and it's not just the fact that it's, it's the sun is no, down but I six that, months out of the year yeah but that must do something to their mm. minds mm -hmm. it would to me but they're all very they, from these shows you get the idea that everyone in sweden is very educated tri yeah, yeah. trilingual at least you know that's, wow. that fluent in english everyone speaks english fluently 
And um, did they speak English on the show? Sometimes, huh. yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll speak English. And um, she's they, there's a scene where she goes to France with this, with her boyfriend, uh, her rich boyfriend, and uh, she speaks beautiful, you know, fluent French and all of that. Oh, so which you would know. Yes, that's that's me, French, <laughs> Monsieur yeah. Marcel. Yeah. Um, you know what I wanted to talk to you about because we haven't discussed it at all, is. Um, so I guess the Mueller report came out um, about 10 days ago. So we're, we're talking on Saturday, the 27th, April 27th. And I was really in the Nancy Pelosi camp. I just thought if we can't get a conviction, why even try? But then, and I haven't read the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. I have not read it. I have read the New York Times and I've heard reports of it so I can't say that I'm as absolutely educated as I wish I was mm -hmm. but still the things that were reported I I guess a big part of me feels like how can we not bring to light all of the horrible horrible obstructions of justice that this president has wrought and in a way, I don't care if we win or lose, but mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like, did you did you watch the Watergate trials when they were on? I think so. Yeah, I remember watching them too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. John Dean and all those yeah. all those people. Yeah. Um, I think we should have something like that, but I just I just don't think he can get away with it. I don't get it. I don't know. Nobody's shocked about anything anymore, uh -huh. especially with him. Uh -huh. no, he, there's no shock. Right. Uh, Value. Yeah. We, it, the, we're just beyond it. Nobody, nobody bats an eyelash anymore. But here's where I'm hopeful. His refusing to let anybody oh, see answer his... a subpoena and come. Uh-huh. That's obstruction. In other words. Exactly. Put the Mueller thing aside. That's obstruction. Yeah. You can't tell Congress yeah. that you can't operate. You... Well, the things that the, in the Mueller report that are so shocking aren't really things that we didn't know about. I mean, the thing with the Don McGahn thing. Oh, right, right. That was reported in the New York Times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, James Comey. I mean, yeah. the firing of James Comey. That's all you need. He said it. He yeah. said he did yeah. it because of the Russian thing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why that isn't enough to do it. But I think of, because of all the other things... I just don't, I, I, how can he get away with all that? How can he get, how can someone as corrupt as him not be put under a microscope? I mean, that's my big hue and cry over this. Yeah, well, no, it's horrible, but I don't know how anything's supposed to happen. Everyone, I think, I think the country's been gaslit successfully and people say it doesn't really, nothing really matters anymore. You know, but don't you think that's my four hundred one k? That's all I'm interested in. You know, um, well, the rest is all just blather. I'm getting cynical. <laughs> you are getting cynical. I am. Snap I out of it. I don't feel that way, but I, 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 I would love to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, an enthusiastic, vigorous examination happen and some some reactions happen, but. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, I here's here's where I um, 
pitting my hopes that the people who are near to his behavior are his base, which yeah. is about 36% right. of the voting public. Right. So um, Richard Nixon had a, an approval rating in the 70s when Watergate happened. Right, right. And through all of the you know revelations of his malfeasance, right. his, his approval ratings dropped. Right, right. And uh, so if you look at... Yes, it was a different time. I mean, we were shockable back then. Right. Something's happened. I, I, I am feeling a little hopeful now that you talk about it because I did hear today that when they started the, um, the impeachment um, hearings, they didn't go right to impeachment. No. They did they an didn't. investigation about that's should right. we impeach. Yes. Now, I don't know And that's know what why. the hearings were. Well, that's what we need to do. Yes. And that way I mean. we're not going out on a limb if it's politically right. somehow suicidal. suicidal. But, um, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say um, about the Nixon hearings and how, oh, yeah, that uh, impeachment wasn't popular then either when they started those right. hearings. Because today I got all... Because nobody believed that he'd done it. Today I got all hypnotized with this thing of like more than 50% of Americans don't want to see us go to impeachment. And I, that depressed me. But then I heard today that it was the same deal in Nixon's time. Yeah. Because it was the hearings... That brought things to yes. light. Yeah. But here's what I think has changed in the culture since then. We used to react to facts, things that happened um, in politics or even like right. even in movies. You'd hear a movie review and it would be about what the movie's about. But now the movies are... The reviews aren't about what the movie's about. The reviews are about how much money did the movie make this year? Oh, or how okay. much money has it made so far? Yeah. Or what's the box office? So we have this like meta view. We're okay. looking at the business of it. And I think with politics too, we're, we can find out the facts of these um, criminal things that have been done in this presidency but we're looking at, well, what, what would the politics be like of well, if we were to the do result. that? We're looking at what, what we feel will be the end result because um, after Clinton was impeached, the, uh, the uh, Democrats really um, came, came up. The Republicans who had started the impeachment were um, really foiled by it. Yeah. So it wasn't. It, there was a backlash against the Republicans who would who would drag Clinton through the mud and have, right. you know right. this horrible report and all the rest. Right. Of it. Right. But um, I just don't think that we can. I don't think we can. I don't think we can be afraid. I think yeah. we have to be brave and we have to be honest and we have to hold his feet to the flames. I yeah. really do. I, th I think, yeah, I think we have to for our own dignity, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, because otherwise people around the world, I mean, really, why would anybody respect us as a country if we just let someone like Trump get, get away with all of this uh, obstruction and yeah. lying? You know, I want to tell Nancy Pelosi, who I adore. Me too. Um, it's not a question of Trump not being worth it. We're worth it. Yeah. I'm worth yeah. it. I'm your I'm a constituent and I'm worth it. Yeah, that's it. Has a nothing really to do point. with Trump's worth. Yeah. We all know Trump is worthless. It's not about him anymore. Well it's about it's the about world our world. worth. It's about our yeah. country's worth. Yeah. She she got that one wrong. Yeah. She I got that she one did. way wrong. She was trying to make him feel impotent by saying that, and it probably worked. But still I think she's uh I think she's very gun shy about <clears throat> 
the impeachment process, but I think that there's going to be such a hue and cry about it that it's going to be um, inevitable eventually. And I just, the, the drumbeat is not Stephanie Miller. Look at Stephanie, look at what Stephanie Miller what has done, done to me. me. Yeah. No, but she's, you know, she's on her high horse about it. And I used to think, oh, that's Stephanie going off and yeah. you know, being hysterical. But then the more I listened and the more I read, I realized that it is imperative that we do this. That it's we, an insult to the, to the American people yes, not I, to do it. And it's an insult and to the And I never presidency. saw it that way before. Yeah. Yeah. So that gets me more point. fired up and more wanting to vote for uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um I love Elizabeth Warren's policies. I find her a charismatic um as in non-charismatic. And I you know like you have a problem with Kamala Harris's um oh, her voice. voice. Yeah. I have that problem with Elizabeth Warren's voice. Yeah. I don't know why she sounds like a school mom to me. Yeah. I just can't get yeah. over it. I can't get over myself. But, you know, I'm, I'm having this. It's just a moment. It's just a moment. I went back and forth about Joe Biden. And somehow I feel like if Kamala Harris could just be his running mate, I could get on board. Mm. Because I think he could squash Trump. Mm -hmm. I think he could do it. And that's really the bottom line mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I don't have any other desire in this world than to see Trump be a one-term president. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Stephanie says, I'm vote blue no matter who. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't care. I don't care who it is, except that I do care that, that they defeat Trump. Yeah. I like Warren because she's, she's got a really strong, dynamic message already. She, I love her message. She has a history of fighting yeah. to return some equality back to economically to yeah. the country. Yeah. You know, and get it, return us to a place where a minimum wage job actually means something. Do you, do you think her message is getting across though? I mean, that's my question is, is she, is she getting her message to the right people? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I, I hope so. I just, I like her. I think she's got integrity and, a, and she's, She's, she's really into making change. She, she's yeah. not into being president. Yeah. She's into making things fair again, if yeah, it ever were. That's true. At least fairer, you know, and pointing out the inequities. Oh, I, I love her thing yeah. about forgiving student loans and taxing the wealthiest. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and what, what did she say? A 2% tax on the wealthiest... Um, no, I don't know what the 2% is, 2% mm -hmm. of, but um, that would pay off student loans. It would allow for public schools to be, public colleges to be free. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have an education crisis here. We yeah, really do. We're living in an oligarchy. I know. And no one's admitting it. I know. Yeah, but she's talking about it. She is. And, yeah. and I love her policies. I just don't know that she... See, what I think could happen is that her policies, like... Um, like um, Bernie's have become more part of the real fabric of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> and if that can happen um, without her, then I would be all for that. I just don't, I don't have a feeling of confidence. I mean, I know a lot of people are really on board with her. I'm, I know a lot of people who are really on board with her. And I am on board with her policies, but I'm not on board with who she is and how she presents She them. could ignite enough interest to make it work, really. Is she 
Are you wondering? You, you don't she think could... she could ignite uh, enough passion in the electorate? She's not. I mean, she's not in the top three even. Pete Buttigieg is. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not like locked in on her. I just. I, she came up and she made the case of why we have to do impeachment. Yes. Nobody else would do yes, it. No. She's. Nobody else in this whole country would do it, including Joe Biden. So. Yeah. You know, I. I'm, I'm grateful to her. Let's just put it that way. I'm grateful to her, and I hope it moves the conversation at least, you know, or maybe she could be a running mate or who knows what. Or sure, oh, she'd, she'd be an awesome, she'd or be she'd an be awesome an awesome baby. cabinet member too, yes, you know. Yes, that's true, that's true. She could return that consumer uh, commission <laughs> Which back to what decimated. it's supposed to be. Which has been decimated, oh my God. Back to what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, she, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, and she, did you see the... Um, the She the People uh, interviews? No, I didn't. She was brilliant on that. Well, I didn't she, see all I, of them. I'll have to go and look it up on she YouTube. She was brilliant. She told her own story about um, when she was a kid and the parents were going to lose the house and how her mother had to go out and find a job oh, wow. and uh, the difficulty of it, but how she found the job and the job allowed them to keep the house because in those days, a minimum job actually paid, paid you enough a living wage. to yeah. pay a mortgage. Yeah. You know? Oh, interesting. Interesting. I haven't heard that part of her story. Yeah, it's very, it's very <laughs> riveting, and um, I'm, sh- I mean, yeah, they all have to come up with a personal story that's convincing, and hers is just very compelling. Well, have you heard about Mayor Pete? I mean, have you? I love Mayor Pete. I think he's brilliant. I do too. I think he's brilliant. I do too. I don't see him as being our presidential, pre- um, candidate. I don't know why. I mean, I don't think that the fact that he's gay is the problem. I think that he's very young. That's yeah. my only concern. Well, and he's a mayor. Although I don't could work though. The youth could work with with younger voters, especially. But with all voters, he's what I love about him. That I and I don't haven't watched him closely. But the few little snippets of things he said, he seems to look beyond the surface and look at what's happening in our culture sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes in, he doesn't say Trump supporters are wacky weirdos. He says Trump supporters are suffering because of, and he lays out, right. he lays out why people can be attracted to that kind of, a, of yeah. an autocrat. I, I, you know, that kind of a, uh, I hate to say it, but I understand. I, I understand why people are uh, attracted to Trump because my, I grew up in this family of, you know, Republicans and um, racists. And so I am going to have part of my job. <laughs> um, and so I really understand what that's about. It's not mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's gotten to this point is distressing and horrible, but I understand that kind of fear and um, making the other the, the enemy, right. all of that. Right, right. So, uh, right. I am um, not eating my donut, so I think I'm going to turn off the... Oh, okay. Did you want to tell a story? Did you have an, a story in mind? Um, let's see. Uh... I could tell. Okay, okay, 
I can tell that story. Is it going? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. Um, oh. <laughs> it seems so long ago now. <laughs> um, was it long ago? Well, no, it was probably, well, gosh, probably eight years ago, maybe, or so. Wow. Um, Halloween's never been my favorite. It's Me just, either. I, <laughs> it's, it's okay, but I, I don't like anything where you're putting a costume on, it's going to draw more attention to you than you already are getting. I always wanted less attention, <laughs> not more, you know? So I, I didn't really like the idea of uh, dressing up, but you know, I had a boyfriend who was really into it and I, above all, wanted to make him happy at my own expense. So I went along with it. And um, I, there was a Halloween where I couldn't think of what to dress up with. Oh, and to do the, um, the Santa Monica Boulevard Oh, West Hollywood. Uh -huh. Yeah, that also is way out of my comfort zone. But I, <laughs> I can understand why. But, but I soldiered on. And so I did get an idea. And I thought um, I thought I would go as a Catholic <coughs> schoolgirl. And I would put together one of those little outfits with a little plaid vest and a little white blouse and a little plaid skirt. And I would have little white bobby socks. And if I could find them, I oh I well I could use penny loafers because they they would wear penny loafers. Mm -hmm. The Catholic schoolgirls would wear those. <clears throat> so that was my plan. And so <clears throat> Gerard took me to uh, the Goodwill on Sunset in Vermont, and I looked for my plaid skirt, and I couldn't really find the right kind of skirt. But I did find I found a plaid skirt. But it wasn't a Catholic schoolgirl kind of skirt. It wasn't pleated. It wasn't pleated. <laughs> but it was short. It was a, just the right shortness. And it had a little funny belt that was part of it. And I just said, what the hell? And I went into the dressing room to try on this, this skirt. And um, I, I had to wait and get my turn in that little dressing room. And it's not much of a dressing room at Goodwill. It's just a, a curtain, yeah. really. And I got back there and... It was Hollywood and it was Halloween, so I wasn't feeling too, um, you know, out of place to be trying on a skirt. So that part was good. <laughs> and I, I pulled off my pants and I pulled on that skirt and I adjusted it and I fixed the belt and, you know, made it right. And I looked at it and I swear to God, and this is, it's so not like me, but I saw myself in the mirror with that skirt on. And I said, damn, Lambert. You look hot. <laughs> I really did look hot. And I, I found myself so sexually attractive. <laughs> and it wasn't like a... It wasn't like I'm a hot woman. I found myself attractive as a man in this skirt. It's the weirdest thing. Huh. It wasn't like, oh, look at me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm Charo. It was <laughs> more like... Um, it was like, look at you. You have this nice muscular legs and you you look kind of hot in that skirt so that was kind of a that was kind of a a peak experience and so i bought this skirt and i was never able to find all the rather all the rest of the outfit oh all the parts <clears throat> so the catholic schoolgirl idea kind of fizzled um but i did have from my days going to oil can harry's i had a cowboy hat and a, a good plaid shirt and a cowboy vest <clears throat> and uh, a bandana. Oh, uh-huh. And so what I did was, when did it came boots? time to go, yeah, I think I put on the cowboy boots, I put on the skirt, I put on 
the, the vest and the cowboy hat. And I went as a cowboy with gender issues. That was my costume. <laughs> and the coolest thing was we were walking around in the, in the crowd on Sunset, um, Santa Monica Boulevard. And people were getting it. They were getting what oh, my really? costume was about. <laughs> yeah. And one woman was looking at me and kind of checking out my, my costume. I could tell she was kind of appreciating it. I, like she was looking at a work of art. And, and I looked at her and I, I just wanted to explain to her. And I said, I'm a cowboy with gender issues. And she says, I get it. I get it. So it was kind of cool. It kind of, um, it kind of became a point of connection. And so I guess what I, I learned something from it. Um, one, I learned that I, I have really nice legs and people appreciate them when I show them in a skirt. Yes, you do. I do. And, <laughs> and I have, yes, you know, I have a lot of body shame. So it's, um, it's, it's a, a switch. It's a switch for me to, to see that. Um, but I learned too, that the costume doesn't mean you're hiding necessarily, or it doesn't mean you're trying to stand out. The costume in this case brought out a part of me that I didn't even know about or want brought out. Huh. Not that I'm not a cowboy with gender issues, but I know what it's like to be stuck in a role and not feel comfortable in it or understood in it and to be confused. And I think that came through in the costume. Huh. And it wasn't my agenda. I don't even think I thought about it till just now. But I think that's what gave me a sense of comfort was that I was relating to people from a more real place yeah, yeah. than I usually do yeah. because I pretended to be someone else. Huh. So it's a paradox. Do you have any pictures? No. Oh no. Um, someone from Story Salon might, because I wore it to Story Salon and I remember Francis Peach took a picture of me. But um, no, I don't do pictures. You'll just have to wear that skirt again. The skirt, I have it upstairs. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my Halloween story. That's a great story. It is a good story. Yeah. I mean, I didn't story. know the lesson that was um, tucked away inside it until I just told it to you tonight. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be it for Boomerang for okay, session one. Okay, a great inaugural session. Thank you for listening. Bye, folks. Bye-bye.